everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. Real quick question for you. Yeah. Is it cool to jump out of an airplane? What is your take? Um, only Piping hot take right now. Only if you're not wearing a parachute because that shows that you're a real badass and that you're not Especially a real man. Okay. Risks. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Honestly, if anyone jumped out of an, an airplane for me, I'd be like, wow, that's dedication that's right hot. there. Yeah. I have just seen recently too many films from, between watching both Winter Soldier and Civil War back to back, all of the, the Mission Impossibles. Every, I, I have just consumed so much jumping out of planes at this point and then looking at all of the Marvel jumping out of planes and I'm exhausted. Yeah. The, you know, the crazy thing I didn't thing know is... why I was going to start off with this, but this, like, I went to my notes and I was like, the first note that I had out of all of this had a parachute. Oh my God. And we record while we're skydiving. We, resco- we record the podcast while we're skydiving. Yeah. So we do like Mission Impossible Fallout, but we're literally falling yeah wait that would be so great and actually i think there's probably a case to be made for mission impossible as a queer movie give me the what's the take quick hot take right now uh henry cavill and ethan hunt are enemies but also in love i could see that i don't know that's kind of a weak take but i can make it happen we can make that hotter okay the thing is that like the reason that that movie works so well is because Ilza Faust is, like, an actually developed female character. So yes. you're like, I'm not mad about this romance because, like, right, you actually care they're about two a actual characters, not a character and, like, a two-dimensional girl with, like, some nice hair. Right, and she's lipstick. just like the yeah. Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, that brings us to our topic today's of the topic. day. So this is actually a secret double bill. We are going to be talking today about the Marvel films, Captain America the Winter Soldier, and Captain America Civil War. You guys are getting a, a free double bill today. Yeah, just for you because we love you I, so I, much. We don't love ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I was the one that pitched Captain America Winter Soldier, and then... Which is a great, great idea. Yeah. I, I Chef's kiss. Jordan supports it. But then when we were watching it, we yeah. were like... We really need to also cover mm-hmm. Civil War because it's really like a two-part. It is a two-part. It's a two. It's a two-part love story. It's you're not going to just do Winter Soldier and get the full queer amount that you need. Yeah, because it actually like you get a whole hour and fifteen without anything. Yeah, I think that Civil War is actually like more queer on the whole, but you need the backstory to really 100%, sell it. So yes. you really, you really got to look at them together. Yeah, it's which, a it's a piece. Which is so it's crazy. like us. Like you don't have one part of the podcast without the other part. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's so true. But, like, what's crazy... <laughs> but you're like, but no. <laughs> no, no, no. What's crazy is that, like, the biggest thread between Winter Soldier and Civil War is the Steve Bucky thing. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Captain America Steve Rogers and James Buchanan Barnes, the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Stucky. We're talking We're talking Tumblr today is really what we're talking. Ducky, baby. Is, I'm going to keep saying different things so we don't acknowledge the fact that you're saying Stucky. <laughs> I'm going to keep rolling. That has been the fan and determined... Is it called Stucky? Yes. God, that's awful. I mean, do you have a better pitch for their name? It's Steve Bucky. Stucky. Beeve? Beeve. That's <laughs> yes. That's so I'm trying to think about last name like... Rogers Bar- Barnes. Bar- Barbers. Bar- <laughs> everything is. Yeah, everything it is really is bad. bad. What is the best like couple combined name? Like celebrity. It's Brangelina. Brangelina. Is it is Brangelina, really right? Good. Yeah, I was a big fan of. Um, 
um, Taylor Squared, which was, what was Taylor, Squared? Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner. They dated? Yeah, dude. Okay, you've never seen like the hit film Valentine's Day? Oh, were they dating in Valentine's Day, but also dating in Valentine's Day? Yeah, Valentine's Day like capitalized off of the fact that they were dating. Back oh, to December smart. is about that's him. That's smart. There's some good history there. What's the best Taylor Swift song about a lover? Style, about Harry Styles. No question. Respect that. Did she ever do one for Loki? Tom Hiddleston? Yeah, yes. Getaway Car. Is it's good. Is this a Loki cast? We're covering two Tom Hiddleston. Oh, well, not I would happily in a row, but like cover. close enough. I mean, Tom Hiddleston is technically in these movies. Okay, I, he well, exists within the the world as a whole. The world of Marvel. We were talking about kind of like the holy trinity of like gay Marvel movies. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if we want to count Winter Soldier and Civil War we as kind this, of yeah. like the same thread, the other two, I would say, are Thor Ragnarok. Uh, duh. Yeah, and Captain Marvel, kind of by yeah. default. Yeah, by default. Oh, I have some. I'm trying to think of like some other, maybe like Dark World, just for being so fantastical. Mm, but I feel like if you want to go, all if about... you want to go vibes, then like Ragnarok has the best vibes yeah. of the three. Look, listen, it's no secret that Marvel is aggressively straight and like borderline homophobic there about really some isn't shit. Another good queer movie that is why i am so like up in arms about the steve bucky stuff because it's like this is making more sense now yeah it really just exemplifies how resistant marvel is Mm -hmm. to sort of like acknowledge this stuff i mean look marvel is pretty like white straight male dominated to begin with sure like they have one film about the woman in the lead so yes we have captain marvel and we have black panther and that is it. that is all we have which is crazy have they done a gay character in the oh right uh someone anthony russo was queer or was it joe russo joe russo was gay mm-hmm. in avengers endgame at the support group but they cut it out in international territories so it doesn't even count there's uh, gonna be a gay character in eternals whenever that comes it's, out it who is it is Brian it Richard? tyree henry Oh, okay. I know, it kind of should be Richard Madden. I know, I was just going to say Richard Madden would be the fun one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know who they're playing. Like, I have stayed so off of finding details about that movie because I was never really into the Eternals comics. Yeah. So I just, like, kind of want to go in fresh for that because I, we were actually talking about this earlier. I'm not so hot on space comics Marvel. I'm not either. So this works out for the both of us. Yeah. But we, we'll, we'll get into our takes because both of us, there's agreements there's disagreements, but you know, say lovey, that's cinema, baby. Yeah, this might be a contentious <laughs> episode, but I think that that is good. I think yeah. we should have discourse. No, I like it. And I we like can it. actually have good discourse, not like stupid discourse. Right, we're not fighting over dumbs. But we're, do we, it's, it's weird. Like we're, I feel like throughout this episode, it's less about the plot because I feel like the plot of these two movies can be summed up in like read a Wikipedia article. And like most people have seen, seen these, these movies. You get the general gist. Right. This is like the ultimate Everyone has seen the Marvel films. Popcorn. Even my parents have seen all these and my parents don't care. My dad was like, oh, Tony Stark died. And I was like, you saw it? And he was like, no, I just heard about it. And then they watched it like seven months later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these movies are so ingrained Spoiler. into, I know spoilers, I guess. I mean, the movie's been out for over a year. Mm-hmm. But these movies are so ingrained into pop culture that whether you've seen them or not, you know, like the basics. And it's totally. like really hard to basically avoid knowing things about them. I feel like... Because Winter Soldier came out in 2014. I was, like, not super keyed into Marvel at that point. What month? 
Was it like a May? Uh, let's An see. April, May? Uh, March 13th. A March? Oh, okay. no. April 4th. It was an April. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like their April, May slot. A month before I graduated. That's crazy for high school. Yeah. I was still. I should have just time stamped myself. Yeah. I mean, you're younger than you, so I can, I can time Delete that. This. Reverse that. <laughs> Okay, anyways, yes, keep going. Uh, yeah, but, you know, everyone, like, knows a little bit about these movies. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't want to, they're pretty hard to sort of, like, totally ignore, 100%. regardless of how you feel about them. When did you get into Marvel? Um, well, <laughs> Tumblr was definitely a is. big influence. Because <laughs> I... I was like, how early can we get broken to Tumblr talk? Yep, as I think I mentioned on the Crimson Peak episode, I was not a big media kid, so yeah. I never read the comics, I never watched the show or anything like that. I didn't really know Marvel at all until they started making the movies. Um, and so I think by the time I was like 16, 17, then I was sort of like, okay, I want to go see these movies in theaters. Um, but yeah, that's about it. But you are like a Marvel oh, stand from despicable. the beginning. I, no, I, I, again, this is just such a fun contrast. I mean, I got really into comics probably when I was like seven or eight, I think around then, like I got into it pretty early. I mean, I don't know when people get into it, but I feel like that's early. Um, so it was like reading comics and Percy Jackson. I was always sneaking reading comics. Like I wouldn't buy them a lot. I would go to like the comic store and I would like read them in there. You know, like you would go to the mall and you would go to the, what's the one in Boston with the- Oh, Newberry Comics? Like, yeah, you'd go to like a Newberry Comics or you would go to like a FYE, you know what I mean? Things like that. And so yeah. I would read them there. Um, got way too into it. I was always more of a DC boy. And this isn't like oh. a me defending DC movies or any, like we're not going to get into that. But I was just always into DC more because Robin was my favorite character, specifically oh. Robin, Dick Grayson, but Nightwing. So I'm very into Robin Nightwing. Uh, never has been a good incarnation, except in Batman the Animated Series, which I think there is a way for us to talk about Batman the Animated Series, which I would love to do because Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, not in that, but Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn in general. Yeah, well, I want to talk about the Gay. current... The current, the current Harley Quinn series, show. The, her, the current yeah. Harley Quinn show, I would love to yes, talk about. we should dive in. Because I mean, then that's my way to talk about Batman the Animated Series. Great. All right. We'll put it on the docket. Great. Um, we forgot to introduce ourselves, by the way. How many... <laughs> Who are you? Hi, I'm Brooke Solomon. And I'm Jordan Gustafson. We are friends. We're buddies. We're friends we us. love talking about cinema. We, we love talk talking about shit. being queer. We love talking about queer cinema. And so we decided to talk about it on mic. And here we are. That is it what is getting later leads and later. us to today. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 I know. We're going to make it to the end of an episode and be like, shit. Right. Like, we forgot. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad that we can talk about these movies because these are, like, the epitome of four quadrant movies. Exactly. Like, it simply, not even hyperbolic at all, it does not get more four quadrant okay. than I these movies. I think this is the distillation of the idea. Yes. For some, like, we're coming to it early, and we're going to get into it more. And there are films that also example. Like, this isn't, like, the number one film that does it. But it is the perfect, like, this is a four-quadrant movie, and there are, like, gay subtext here. Let's examine it. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's, like, it's such a perfect example of so many ways in terms of, like, how four-quadrant movies are skewed, very straight, very male, totally. very white. You know, these four-quadrant movies are so afraid to, like, dig into the text and, like, offer mm-hmm. anything that's at any part outside of what is considered the status quo to a certain group of people i don't know it's just this is just a great example of like the four quadrant movie is supposed to be for everyone but in reality it's for a very specific subset of people and everyone else is just supposed to kind of adapt to that subset and most people have seen these movies what we really want to harp on throughout the two movies because like in every marvel movie especially once you get past the avengers Mm -hmm. there's 
honestly like six subplots going on yeah. there is so many things happening all at once so we really want to follow the steve bucky thread and mm-hmm. really look at how that evolves because everything else is basically just everything falls window dressing yeah. and particularly in civil war that is like the central the driving conflict yeah. as much as they might try to pitch it as about being about Sokovia. the Sokovia Accords and, you know, accountability for superheroes. It's really about Steve wanting to save yeah. Bucky. Which is so frustrating because I think that that, at the end of the day, would have made a better movie. Because I know we're jumping Winter Soldier here, but Civil War, the original comic, is, I mean, like, they try to go into it here, but it is really, like, a moral debate between Captain America and Iron Man about, like, should superheroes have to register? You know what I mean? And like, yes. what is the whole like moral compass of like, what is a super? The fights that come through that, like the big action sequences and the real tension that comes from the comic series is the war of ideals between the superheroes and like these two people. And there isn't this Baron Zemo like working behind the plot with this insanely complicated idea to have Captain America and Winter Soldier fight Iron Man. Yeah. And some, like, the Zemo business truly makes no sense at all because you don't need it. There's right. already so much in that There's movie. There's the tension. And it's so weird that they like introduce Zemo as like basically a common enemy because it doesn't work and right. it, like it truly doesn't make For any sense. For $5, can you recite his entire plan? Okay. There was, I think, an Honest Trailers Captain America Civil they tried War to do it. where they ran down his entire plan and it makes no sense it's crazy and the movie is already long enough like right the it's last too thing like need. 30 yeah it's too long it's so long i think you run into this with the x-men it's gonna get this is gonna be a really weird episode let's get nerdy gonna, let's get nerdy um because in the x-men like the dark phoenix saga is really just about Jean gray going through this transformation it's like really emotional and really powerful and the movies are like you know what we're gonna sum this up into one film instead of laying the groundwork where you start to see it in like the first x-men movie and then 12 films down the line then you get to it. With this Civil War, it's sort of that same thing. They had this many movies by now, but they weren't planting the seeds enough for like the tension between Captain America and Iron Man because you just had what, like, Avengers Age of Ultron, or yeah. you just had, you know what I mean? Like they had these things where they were working together and they were fine. Mm-hmm. And like the Sokovia stuff is just not emotional or engaging. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I even feel the same way about Thanos a little bit, where it was like they basically teased him at the end of every big movie, but you didn't really get a sense of who he was until Infinity War. Exactly, yeah. yeah where, but and I he, mean... Then he was like a good villain. Yeah, I think but they it's pulled just it off like, successfully. But you had to plant it more if you're going to want to have this huge emotional payoff. Exactly, and look, it's very hard to predict 20 movies in the of future. Course, of just course, look at DC. What you, you're saying Justice League... Isn't it a great film? Oh, I'm sorry. You mean cinematic masterpiece? Oh, so Zack Snyder's. Do you think League? it's going to be Zack Snyder's Justice League, or do you think it's going to be Justice League like the series? You mean the Snyder well, cut? The Snyder cut, yeah. I think Zack Snyder's Justice it's League be would Zack be Snyder's so Justice funny. I think it's going to be DC presents <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League as from the mind of Zack Snyder, <sighs> the twisted mind. Ooh, of Zack this is like Lee Daniels is the butler. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, God. Anywho. So what's actually interesting about the Captain America Winter Soldier relationship is that Winter Soldier actually does a pretty good job setting up sort of like the government disbanding and superheroes becoming the new law enforcement because it's all about 
the deep state and Hydra yeah. growing within S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was actually, I was pleasantly surprised because I never thought that there was much connection between the two movies. So that was great. I mean, they're both written by Marks and Nick Fury, so it makes sense that they would written try to everything. carry over, like, at least one thread. And see, they wrote Prince Caspian, so, like, you know the talent's there. That movie is not Apps. What? So- it's fine. It's fine. How dare you? It was like a little you? bit of a sexual awakening. In Subtle Narnia, my presence. Wait, 100% though. Right? Yeah. yeah, Prince Caspian. Ben Barnes. Oh my god, he's sexy in that movie. I think the first Narnia did traumatize me though. Wow, completely. We were like, we're going to talk about Winter Soldier. <laughs> we're going to be so on topic. Marcus and McFeely were like, we're going to sideline that. Anyways, yes. please. Why was coming. Narnia traumatizing for you? We have to, I have to know. It was, was it, was the white... The White Witch. Which not scary to you? Well, I read the books because they were religious. Really, really, I never read the books. The books are actually really good. She's scary. Like, yeah, but I was like prepared. That's a very scary performance. And like, Mr. Tumnus like made me like a little bit uncomfortable. And just like the whole, I love the movie, but it was like a little bit much. This is interesting. Because I feel like Narnia is very under valued because not a lot of people read the books because sure. they're kind of like weird christian they're books very christian but books. they're pretty great it's a good series i enjoy yeah. i mean i enjoy the first two movies don treader don treader is bad can sink. yes literally also the crazy thing is that ben barnes is like spanish in prince caspian mm-hmm. because tell mm-hmm. where he's supposed to be from is like spain basically mm-hmm. and then he totally drops it in don treader He's British. Yeah, it was crazy. How many years after Caspian was Don Treader made? Because it feels like a lot. Two, three years. Oh, really? They made them pretty back to back, I think. But it feels like it was the first installment, the second installment. Then it was like, oh, shit, like we didn't make as much money as we wanted. And then like they were like, but we got to finish off the trilogy. Yeah. So it'd be like if they made another Percy Jackson movie now. Don't speak. Speak to me about Percy Jackson on this how chaotic, podcast. How chaotic would that be? Well, the the Disney Plus series is going to be so good. I can't wait for that. Of course, go um, great. It's really exciting. Listen, you don't want to get me on a Percy no, Jackson we, we tangent won't get because on we Percy will Jackson. never that get will be off the of it. We're, this is already supposed to be a long episode, and we're <laughs> like, you know what? Let's talk <laughs> about Ben Barnes. Okay, let's. Talk about the Winter Soldier. Let's talk about about Sebastian Stan. Yeah. So (laughs) sideline again. We'll sideline Sebastian (laughs) Stan in a bit. Okay. Give me your Winter Soldier take. I, when this movie came out, I feel like I was really hot on this movie, Mm -hmm. as was the rest of the internet. People were like, "This is the best Marvel movie yet." It still feels like that's the take. Yes, that it's one of the best. Yeah. So I was trying to because. In all the times that I've rewatched this, I feel like it's actually just gone further down my rankings every time mm-hmm. I've watched it. I definitely don't dislike it, but it's not one of my favorites anymore. And I was trying to unpack why this movie was so exciting at the time. And I think it's because it's very, you know, I don't like when people try to claim that Marvel movies are all different genres because they are one big genre with elements of different genres sprinkled they're marvel movies yes first and foremost it's a marvel movie you can't claim that some movie is like a horror movie or a heist film or a thriller it's a marvel movie counterpoint the new mutants is a horror movie in the sense that it's never coming out jordan (laughs) the new mutants it was right there (laughs) i was just thinking i was like trying to think through all the genres and you're i mean you're completely right there is it's 
they take elements of the genre without actually like making yeah. it a full genre piece. God, I can't wait to see New Mutants. We can talk. That's a that's a queer movie. That is a queer movie. Yeah, Maisie should, Williams' character, yeah, right? We'll cover it in like three years. Perfect. Right. <laughs> when it premieres like right. deep when, in Disney when, Plus. No, when it premieres on Fox Plus. Stop. Oh, it hurts. It hurts so much. Um. Anyway, the point. What was the? Oh, okay. So <laughs> New Mutants really like. This is the latest me. we've recorded. For people for context, it's like eight fourteen. And most of our apps, I feel like me and you are both more morning people. Definitely. And so we're a bit loopy. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. I mean these movies are pretty fun. So <laughs> Winter Soldier Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. A lot when this movie came out, a lot of people were like, Oh, this is a spy thriller. This is a deep state thriller. This is about America and surveillance technology and like what the government is doing to us, which it is. Yeah. That's valid. But I think that because this is the first Marvel movie without a lot of superpowers, because there's definitely less superpower stuff in this than even in Captain America, the first Avenger, Mm -hmm. because you have Red Skull in that who is like a weird comic y guy yeah that this movie felt very real and dare we say gritty grounded (laughs) yeah and i do like this movie Mm -hmm. um it was inspired by films such as three days of the condor which makes a lot of sense but i do think that people have gone up their ass a little bit about it and like made it to seem like this totally elevated different thing than the rest of the mcu which Mm -hmm. is not it's a marvel movie and every time that i watch it i find myself less and less interested because it really doesn't make that much sense and by the time the third act rolls around i'm pretty checked out it blows up yeah you feel about the same i mean yeah i think the thing is i really re-watching these two movies in a row it really hit me that i enjoy it's weird because I enjoyed, I think, when I was a kid or when I was younger, because I wasn't a kid, I guess I was like a 20-year-old. Um, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed it all, but now the grounded fight scenes and the choreography and when you really feel the physicality of it really hits me a lot more, and I really enjoy that. So especially like with the beginning of this and the beginning of Civil War, where you're on the ground, where it's you feel the stunts, and there's actually this like really top-notch choreography, that feels more dynamic to me but again by the third act when you're in the middle of the sky and it's a cg background and things are just blowing up it doesn't hit me as emotionally as it should be hitting you and given the point as well which we'll get to is then the bucky steve relationship doesn't feel as you know potent as it should be because it feels like they're ham-fisting it a bit. Yeah, because Marvel's a bunch of cowards. Disney are cowards. They don't like to put representation into their movies. I will say this. Make it gag. Right here, right now. It's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And the further we get into even, I mean, as terrible as a thing of as this is, like the more that we get into diversity being a trend, basically, mm-hmm. um, the more it just like glaringly sticks out. Yes. That... Yeah. They, they just don't, don't yeah. care and they're so afraid about like mm-hmm. box office returns that it totally prevents them from this kind of stuff what but, were the box office returns for these how they stack up so winter soldier was before these things made just like a billion dollars worldwide no mm-hmm. matter what um domestically winter soldier made 260 mil 
just under. So, and worldwide it made 714 mil. What was the jump to the, from Civil War to that? Civil War made 1.1 billion yeah. It's worldwide. putting Robert Downey Jr. above the title. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, this has been covered a lot, but when Robert Downey Jr. was kind of approached for Civil War, he basically said, you need to pay me basically as much as you're paying Chris Evans or you need to pay me a lot and like you'll see it in the box office returns and or it's either that or he had basically like a stake in the box office returns. Right. like if this movie makes way more than Winter Soldier like but you have to give me much. Yeah. more money um, which it did and he was right and he has uh, an insane amount of money <laughs> yeah he's he was the highest paid actor for a while yeah and now it's Dwayne right Dwayne The Rock Johnson The Rock yes it's the basically Rock. been the two of them at the top back and forth yeah yeah Interesting. Very Anyways, interesting. So I liked what you said about the hand-to-hand combat fight scenes, yeah. though, because I really like those. Or the chase sequence when, like, the camera whips three times when it's the Winter Soldier, Black Panther, and then Steve. Like, that is fun and, like, tangible, and it feels grounded and real, and it's not like a parking lot. Yeah, and it feels dynamic, too. And I think that that was what was exciting about Winter Soldier, It is that there are really no superpowers at all in Winter Soldier besides... Steve basically being able to like drop through two glass ceilings without mm-hmm. dying. And there's tech, but it feels like realistic government tech and yeah. not Stark tech, which is basically just a power in and of itself. So I think things like, you know, the pirate fight at the beginning and obviously the elevator fight is pretty oh, iconic. Yeah. Um, stuff like that, I think people were really drawn to because mm-hmm. it felt more like you know, like an action movie and not so much like a superhero movie. Totally. And it was just sort of a new level to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I do think that Kevin Feige off of that leaned way too heavily on the Russos because Mm -hmm. off of Winter Soldier, they just got everything. Yeah. They got Civil War, no problem, and then Infinity War Endgame back to back. And the rest was history. I would be interested because it is that thing. I think there is a lot of qualms with this with Star Wars, but I really do like how... Like, with the original trilogy or the new, I like bringing on the idea of different directors with different visual styles. And even though it might not fit the brand or the story might not feel as cohesive, it does lend itself to more interesting movies. Or just the idea of when a movie sort of just goes for it. Because even if it's bad, it's at least doing something. And I think that is what matters when you go to the movies. If you want to see something that's like making active choices. Yes, I want to see something that feels like it has a handprint on it that feels totally. like it has an individual creative voice that is why i love thor ragnarok so much <laughs> like it is so distinctive and it's just it was really exciting especially when we were in the middle of just like build up to infinity mm-hmm. war and really exciting to see something be fun yeah yeah should we dive into the plot <laughs> yeah so because i feel like we just i don't even we don't even need to go into the plot that much i just think yeah. we need to get to bucky and yes. Steve. Let's skim the plot. Right. Basically, Steve Rogers is adjusting to modern life. He meets Sam on Wilson on your left. He has his little notebook of modern things he needs to catch up on. I actually wrote down the list Do you if you want to hear. Oh, yes. Oh, can, yeah. I, can I rattle off as many as I Let me see what I can remember. All right. Star Wars. Yep. Thai food. Yep. That's all I got. Wow. <laughs> because, the... like, the only reason I was, like, one, I'm hungry and I like, Thai food. I was like, ooh, Thai food sounds good. And then, two, also Star Wars. I was like, oh, Star Wars, cool. Also, Star Wars is so funny because it has at least one overlapping actor, yep. Samuel L. Jackson. Yep. Um, so I think that's, like, 
kind of fun in universe nice to story. think about. Yeah. yeah. Other Do you have Nick Fury the actor? <laughs> the other items on the list are I Love Lucy. Uh-huh. The Moon Landing. Sure. Berlin. <laughs> the moon landing? Okay. Yeah, he was frozen. Yeah. Should we rank these? Oh my god. Berlin Wall, parentheses, up and down. Up and down. Okay, yeah, I knew that one. <laughs> Steve Jobs, parentheses, Apple. Sure. Not the other Steve Jobs. Disco. Um, Thai food, Star Wars, slash Star Trek. Nirvana, mm. Rocky, Rocky 2, question mark. And Trouble Man by Marvin Gaye. Why those things? It's, I feel like it should be like just movies or like just music or something. Yeah. They really sort of needed to pick a lane, and they yeah. didn't. They were like, you know what? Let's veer everywhere. What's fun? Yeah. Like, I love Lucy. I feel like it could have been, like, moon landing, like, parentheses, fake, fake? question mark. <laughs> <laughs> wait. Okay, wait. I have to say, have you seen, I think it was a tweet. The tweet that was, like, Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing, but he's so committed to his films that they shot on the actual moon to fake the moon landing. No, that's amazing. It's my favorite conspiracy theory take. It's a good, it's a good of take. Of all time. I could see that happening. So good. Let's believe it. Let's get behind it. <laughs> I fully fund. Um, so, so Captain America, he fights, uh, they go onto this like boat. He fights uh, Batroc the Leaper. Yeah, he fights some comic character. pirates. The first, honestly, the first two acts of this movie are Steve and Natasha, Black Widow, her On best movie. Oh, this is absolutely her best movie. By default. Scar- what's Well, I mean, I wasn't going to say what's Scar's best performance because she has been in stellar stuff. But oh, this yeah. is her best Marvel movie, hands down. 100%. Which I brings mean, us to the pinnacle question. Oh my god. Is it time? Is it time? Yeah. Let's do it. What is Black Widow, parentheses, Scarlett Johansson's best hair ranked? Okay. So we're going to rank all but of her Remind hair. myself to put music underneath this. Okay, great. <laughs> I... Um, can't wait for this. Give me, what's, what's your power ranking? Or should, do you want me to go first? Go for it. Okay. I'm going to say Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, number one tied. Totally agree. Her short curly yes. look. Just it's the, the normal most look. practical. Yes. It's the most tactical. Yep. I think it's so stupid that she fights with her hair down in yes. every other movie. Agreed. Yeah. Great. It's the best look. I'm going to follow it up with, I think, Infinity War. For some reason, this is just a me thing. I like the all white. I think maybe it's Steve Martin. I loved Steve Martin growing up and he had all white hair. Maybe that's why. Gonna just rattle the rest off. Then Winter Soldier. Then, oh wait, actually, Iron Man 2. Yeah. For curl representation as a curly haired man. We love to see curls. Love to see it. So Iron Man 2, Winter Soldier, and then Civil War. Yeah, I think I'm about in the same boat. Well, there's a couple I'm going to add. Like, Avengers and Age of Ultron are definitely the best. You're insane that you think Infinity War is that high. It's the worst. I don't mind it. I hate it. Why did they bleach her eyebrows? They bleach her eyebrows? Yeah. Oh, that is bad. It's so bad. Because the picture that I'm looking at right now, it's not bleached eyebrows. Oh, they must have changed it for some of the marketing. I just don't like when it's then the white and then the red. Oh, I love that. You do like for Endgame? Yeah. I like the fade. Wow, well, this I like is that so it's, interesting. I like that it's off her face. For me, a real pet peeve of mine is women in movies fighting with impractical hairstyles. I know, I totally agree. That's like, why Avengers hair is the best hair. It's the best hair, like, by far. I think after Avengers, for me, it goes Endgame, mm-hmm. and then Iron Man 2, and then... End- well, look, I, I put, like, Infinity War and Endgame together, but They're I guess... totally different. She has her long braid, like, French braid oh, with the white right. at the end. I like it so much. The I think braid it looks great. Is good. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I think your probably ranking is right. I, I just, I don't know why I ranked the white. We have similar rankings at the bottom, though. It because is pretty much the same. both Winter Soldier and Civil War are terrible because it's dumb and straight. I think the idea is that, you know, she's a spy. She is always undercover. She needs to change her look every movie. And I do think that there is a sense of irony that we're ranking the basically the only woman in the MCU yep. by, like, hairstyle every yep. movie. It but honestly, it's kind of iconic. Um, we her hairstyle like, changes. Like, ranking, like, a Chris Evans, like, haircut. He has the same haircut. Maybe we should rank how sexy he is in Which every movie. butt is the best? Dude, there's a lot of his <laughs> butt in First Avenger. Not enough butt in this movie. Hashtag not enough butt. Release Hashtag the butt cut. Release, release the butt, butt cut. cut! That's, like, the cats thing. We're set. Yes. Well, you could do, like, if we're gonna rank hair, then you could do, like, Chris Hemsworth hair. Oh. From like Thor to Thor Ragnarok, with Thor Ragnarok obviously being the best hair. Yeah, with his shaved with yeah. like the things on the side. Yeah. It's really good. Hi, listeners. This is Jordan. Uh, Brooke had to leave in the middle of this recording to go pick up our dinner that just arrived. Uh, so I'm going to just talk real quick about fun facts about this film. I don't have any fun facts. And there you go. As we're in the Winter Soldier world, basically what happens is. Captain finds out that, uh-oh, things are not good because Sam Jackson, there's an attempted assassination by him by one Winter Soldier. Yes. And so he ends up in his apartment. He's next to some new agent who's undercover. I literally don't even want to talk about Agent What's her 13. name? Agent 13? It's Agent 13. AKA sure. Sharon Carter. Control I, Alt Delete. Literally, that thread not is good. one of the worst threads you know, they've ever decided. You're saying dating the niece of the woman that you were in love with is not a good idea. Yeah, especially when you were in love with her like 90 years ago. And got put frozen in the ground? In the Arctic? In the ice. In the ice? Feels weird. In like an iceberg, yeah. Feels weird to, it's to want to smooch her. a gross thread. Yeah. And it also doesn't help. Look, no disrespect to Emily Vanderkamp. Sure. Like... Fine actress. Yeah, I guess equal disrespect to her and Chris Evans because the chemistry between them is not even at not zero. Palpable. It's like negative. They seem uncomfortable yes. around each other. Because I think maybe they knew that this should have been Bucky and Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do you think about Bucky and Steve? Okay. So we just dive into it. Yeah. I mean, the last, the only real thing that matters of importance from the beginning is Sam Jackson introduces the last time he trusted someone, he lost an eye, which is like funny and gets payoff in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And the outfits that our characters wear are atrocious when they go on the run. And that's about it. Yeah. Winter Soldier is a lot about energy because yes. there's some good energy between Sam and Steve. They're kind of mm-hmm. like bros. Honestly, they're a little flirty. Not going to lie to you. There's some good energy between Aaron and Steve. Oh, from the Apple store? Yes, Aaron from the Apple store. Oh, yeah. Specimen. We really like that. Like, Aaron, is that the MVP of the movie for you? Aaron? Totally. If we're talking like bit part MVP, 100%. Yeah, it's him or Robert Redford just because he's just, when Black Widow's like, you guys are twins, and he goes, ha, I wish. And he does this life for, I'm he putting my hands grabs over like a his, body. He's like, yeah. specimen. He just like checks out his pecs. And good for Aaron. Like, it's great. He knows, he knows what a good body is. Yeah, I mean, it's this movie is really about everyone kind of wanting to Everyone's fuck good. Captain America, which like, it's I mean, fair. Cap. Yeah, but okay. The energy between yes. Captain America and Black Widow. Bizarre. I truly, to this day, don't even know what to classify it as because it's like, it's not really sexual tension because two 
overt. Yes. So it's more like friendship, but then it's like a little too flirty to be friendship. Mm -hmm. But it's like she's trying to set him up with girlfriends the whole movie, which is hilarious because he just keeps rejecting them. And it's like, this is not helping the Steve and Bucky aren't gay narrative that you're pushing. Yes. It's really not it's helping benefiting it. it yeah yeah 100 um, so, i wasn't a tumblr girl or guy but now i'm like totally on board with the steve bucky thing it's pretty undeniable when you just like think about it yeah it makes it makes it a, look before we really dive into it it is important to talk about male friendship yeah male friendship is important i love like a nice tender male friendship and masculinity is so fragile and seeing Two men who love and care about each other is a beautiful thing. Totally. Like, granted, I, I would love if these films honed in on that. I would love if there was, like, a nice male friendship. It's just that Bucky and Steve as lovers and or a partner, like, relationship is a stronger arc. It's better. And, I mean, this, I think, is something that we're going to end up hitting on in a lot of episodes mm-hmm. on the podcast. Is that, like, same-sex friendship is all well and good. But it is really frustrating when there's also a romantic interest who there's no chemistry with. Like, Mm -hmm. that, I think, is really what kills me because it's like you're taking the strongest relationship in your movie. You're implying that there's something stronger than it, love. Mm -hmm. And then you're just sort of, like, throwing that to the wayside. And honestly, what it really ends up being is that these characters really should be together. But because they're not heterosexual or because they are heterosexual they can't be yes yeah yeah it's frustrating Spot on. but like you know male friendship female friendship all that stuff is amazing but you know maybe sometimes they should just kiss yeah just, just a saying. little smooch just a little smooch it's fine just one. like gary strandling whispering into your ear hail hydra same with like a little smooch yeah that scene is weirdly intimate oh god the whole movie <laughs> this whole movie is a very intimate movie yeah sexy spies we love it but, but yeah yeah the basically the central thesis is that it would just really make the story work mm-hmm. if Stephen bucky were together as it yeah. stands the story does not work that well because it doesn't make any sense that this man would end up betraying everything that he loves and giving up everyone that he's cared about for one guy who is his friend. Right. Who he hasn't, I mean, like, granted, like, he really, he did care about Bucky. Bucky was the one who got him into the army and things like that. But it is stronger if you, like, plant the idea that he and Bucky had such, like, an intimate relationship. So when he sees him for the first time, it's like seeing your lost lover. You yeah. know, like, that is powerful. Totally. The way that I think about it, and it's like, I think chris evans and Haley atwell have amazing chemistry as steve and peggy i love them so much the way that i like to pitch it is think about if everything in the winter soldier civil war plot line was exactly the same Mm -hmm. but instead of bucky it was peggy great think about how much of a better movie that is yes 100 percent immediately you're like i get it yeah this is the one person that he loved yeah the it's one person so who stronger. we had a chance with. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I'm all on board with this. Like, and... It could have been, like, look, like, the Winter Soldier comic is good. I'm fine with the Winter Soldier. I've never been a huge fan of his character in the comics or, like, portrayal in the films or whatever. Like, it's fine. He's cool. Like, I respect people who are like, I love him. But could, like, if they did, like, a gender swap and you had Haley Atwell as, like, the Winter Soldier, that's cool. It immediately makes it so much more compelling, and it really 
sort of gives Steven edge when you're like, I totally get why he's doing this. Whereas right. when you're watching Civil War, if you don't buy into Steve Bucky, honestly, like, yeah. honestly, if you're like, yeah, they're just bros. Mm-hmm. I totally like, they're just friends. But like the looks they give at each it other. It doesn't make any sense. In the comics, Steve is built up as this moral compass, as this guy who cares so much about, like, the sanctity of the hero and, like, you know, like, following the law. And so when he breaks from that and, like, goes on the run and goes to fight for freedom, you know, like, it makes sense. And it's grounded within the mythos of his character for so many arcs. But, like, in this, like, we have, like, two and a half movies, three movies that kind of set it up. And Mm so the strongest relationship out of that is we have a movie where he's with Bucky the whole time. Yeah. All of Civil War is just him and Bucky, and sometimes Sam is there. Right. And it's about them reconnecting, and it's about both of them reconciling with, like, their new relationship. And I know some people are not a fan of Sebastian Stan's performance. I it's actually fine. think that he's pretty good in Winter Soldier. He has a great scene when he's talking about, like, the man on the bridge. I knew him, and he's tearing up. It's really great before he sort of gets reset. I think if the Winter Soldier was a more engaging character for me and had more to do, I would like him more. Yeah. And it's weird, though, because, like, granted, at the end of the day, like, one of my favorite characters is Vision. And Vision arguably doesn't have a lot to do in these movies, but I love Vision and what he stands for and who he is within these worlds. You know what I mean? I just think he's fun. So, like, I should arguably like Bucky more. But But it's just he doesn't have the emotional capacity that Wanda... Vision have like I like the relationship between Wanda and Vision. Do you know why? Because it's romantic. It's long division. You did not just say that. Sorry, but no, yes, I agree. It is. Yeah. It's romantic, and yeah. also the comics obviously like coming into it, but they they take the time to establish this relationship with Vision and Wanda, and even though it is like a little hokey at times and a little corny, it's still like really cute. They care about each other, and you feel. Paul Bettany and Elizabeth have, like, this actual chemistry with each other, just like Sebastian Stan and and Chris Evans do. But, like, that's put into a different category. Exactly. Exactly. You totally hit the nail on the head. What is, before we leave Sebastian Stan behind, what's his best performance for you outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, This is super niche, but he played the Mad Hatter in a couple episodes of Once Upon a Time. And he, like, has guy liner on, and he's, like, kind of, like angry all the time um it's kind of good jordan just mimed that i'm digging myself into a hole uh which i no, am I love it. I love sebastian it. stan is like peak tumblr boyfriend oh no it makes sense i like him in i think i tanya probably right oh he's great also he has a great fifth part in black swan how could i forget have, and he's actually pretty decent in ricky and the flash oh yeah he doesn't have anything to do in that movie. No, he doesn't, but it's Jonathan Demi, so I'm just going to put him up there. Yeah, your face. Just give me, like, a little soapbox. Anyways. Love you. Keep going. I actually, um, because you were just talking about comics, I wanted to ask. So you yes. were a big comic fan. Yes. I have literally never read a Marvel comic. Do you want to, like, borrow some? Yeah, I will, actually. Like, my, I mean, like, you bet you've seen my room. My room is literally just comics and yeah. covered with stuff and chach it's God. it's a fandom treasure trove <sighs> it's Keep amazing going. yes question questions diverging so divergent saga i wanted to oh my god so no no keep it up keep, it up, keep <laughs> moving move. i wanted to ask you yes sort of how you felt going into winter soldier because i think i was like i don't know who the winter soldier mm-hmm. is like sure okay i'll just go see it did you know it was bucky were you yes. like okay this is not even yes a question okay and how did that affect your viewing of the movie? Fine. I mean, I think a lot of it, same with Civil War, is like, you know where everything's going. And I think the thing is, 
these films are made, these are four quadrant films. They're built for the general population. So despite whatever tension it is, there is going to be a satisfying resolution. So I think that's why when Endgame happened and Robert Downey Jr. died, like Tony Stark died, that's why it hit me really hard because it felt like the first time that there were really stakes within this universe yeah because i didn't think that they were actually going to kill anyone off they had sort of evolved beyond the comics in a way right exactly which was really nice um but like with this like for civil war they had veered so far off of what the actual comic was so it was like they're not actually going to kill captain america and like spider-man in his first performance isn't going to reveal his secret identity so you kind of know where it's going and same with like winter soldier like you know it's bucky they're building up to the reveal. So it just, it doesn't hit as hard. So I was emotionally engaged, but it still wasn't like, oh my God, it's fine. I just wish that uh, they did something more different with it. Yeah. Like, I feel like you go, they should go further off the comics or like really make it so comic accurate. Yeah, I think that definitely these films are working against people's previous knowledge of the comics. So mm-hmm. they want to do something a little different so that it's not totally boring for totally. the audience that's in the know. But I think it's so weird that in winter soldier they keep the bucky reveal for so So long long. it's basically the end of act two he doesn't get revealed into i've marked it down an hour and 23 minutes in whoa that is so long yeah that's wild it's weird because you don't really care that much about the winter soldier until he's revealed to be bucky and i think maybe because again same screenwriters marcus and mcfeely maybe because they pushed that reveal for so long, they felt like they really needed to make up the legwork in Civil War, but it just makes it gayer. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say. That's why that you needed to watch the two together. Yeah, especially because Civil War is, as we said, Avengers two and a half, and the stakes are, you know, as dumb as they might be, the stakes are automatically raised because you have all of these new players on the board and you have, like, basically everyone from the MCU up until that point fighting each other. The stakes are much higher, and the stakes in Civil War are just Bucky. Mm-hmm. And totally. yeah, it, it would just be a strong with Bucky as the central focus of these two films. It could provide a clear two movie arc. Totally, with Steve learning that Bucky is the Winter Soldier, Steve coming to terms with Bucky being the Soldier, going on the lamb for him, and then the two of them having to come together at the end. It just it, makes sense. Yeah, it's really about him giving up everything for this one man. And we should just say, it's not just about the plot. You know, there's a lot of very tender moments between Sweet the two moments. of them. I mean, the finale of Winter Soldier is then basically like... Holding. Hands. Yeah, literally like holding each other, alternating, like punching the shit out of each yeah. other and being like, you know me, don't do this. Mm-hmm. You're my friend. You're my mission. I'm with you till the end of the line. It's um. It's kind of kind of hot. Like, yeah. that's like if someone was like, "I'm with you to the end of the line," I'd be like, "Oh, that's romance language, Oof. baby." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, civil war is just basically any opportunity that Steve has to turn Barnes in and try and make peace. He's like, "Nope, gotta go. Got a boyfriend to protect," and just runs off. Literally, he literally runs. He acts irrationally throughout this entire movie because he cares too much about Bucky. Yeah. It's great. It works. I'm with you. Just quick plot things just to get through it. So like Winter Soldier, we find out that Hydra has infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. It's It's all Robert Redford in like a switch performance where he like used to be the guy investigating. Now he's, you know, the state. 
Robert Redford is as good Great. in this movie Great as he could possibly be. I love late period Robert Redford. This Peach Dragon and like Old Man and the Gun. Like it's like a nice like triplet of studio movies. Studio-ish movies. I'm sorry, you forgot All Is Lost, the movie where he's oh, right. on a boat he's and doesn't boat. talk. He's like, what if I was on a boat what for an entire film? I didn't speak on a boat for two hours. Does he have no dialogue? Yeah, that's like the whole... I mean, he has a little bit, but that's like the whole sort of hook of the movie is that it's just Robert Redford on a boat doing his acting. But he's all alone, so Kinda he doesn't badass. have anyone to talk to. Yeah. Is it good? No. <laughs> I mean, I like the look, idea of Robert Redford plus boat. Like Redford you got me sold. Can only be so bad. Like, right. I, it's like a good performance, so no matter good. what. Yeah, exactly. He's never given a bad performance. I still can't believe that he's in Winter Soldier. Like, it's it's weird. That's it's, it is weird. I think that is like the obviously they pull crazy people for these movies, yeah. but Redford is still, I think, one of the people that I'm most impressed with. Yeah, that they got. Who's like, yeah, who's? I mean. At this point, it's anybody's in these. You yeah. know what I mean? But I, I always look at like the veteran actors like Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas and like all of these people that are just... Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah, that's a wild it's one. It's crazy. Yeah. Especially, I think... I wish you had more to do. I know. Believe me, I know. I think Redford is so impressive for me because he's really not a blockbuster actor. Maybe, now. you know back in right. his heyday, but blockbusters were such a different beast then. Right. Where it was really like an actor's showcase right right like butch cassidy yes all the president's men yeah they're respectable but it was very like authentic it was very Mm -hmm. you know method and now you know blockbusters are you go and you film in a studio in atlanta for six months with green screens all around you and you get a really good paycheck. But like, what else happens in this film? I there's know. some version. There's a little bit of Mission Impossible in it. Like, yeah. with the face taking off. Oh, yeah. When uh, Black Widow is undercover mm-hmm. for a sec. Yeah. I don't know. Look, we could go through all the machinations there's, of Hydra uh, growing inside S.H.I.E.L.D. and, like, data mining and, you know, basically... A guy in a computer? The point is that Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. want to eliminate threats to shield basically before they become threats and they can do that through data mining which doesn't make any fucking sense but okay sure um but uh, other than that it's really just about steve being like when i was fighting nazis things were so simple and now things are very very complicated Mm -hmm. is basically the thesis of it why'd you have to go make things so complicated complicated. is that the thesis is that Avril Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Yeah, it's Steve to Bucky. Yeah. Or to the ice. To, and to Steve th- at ice. Why do you have to make <laughs> things so complicated? And I mean, Fury and Natasha aren't helping. They're basically sure. like, yeah, we're morally gray. We're outside the law. You know this. Don't pretend like you don't. And, you know, Steve is such a Boy Scout that he's like, I hate all of this. I just want to do the right thing. And I think that is part of the reason he's so drawn to Bucky because mm-hmm. he sees someone that he knows who he can help and he knows yeah. that this is unequivocally the right thing to do. It's like a toxic relationship for him as well because he's like, oh, this is someone I can fix. Yeah. And this is a bad relationship that I might have had or a relationship that I'm in but like this person's a little broken and I want to like help them get their wings back yeah, or their wings, singular sing- silver wing back. Get their arm back? Their is arm that what you're trying, trying to go? Do? I'm trying to equate a, a wing to an arm. But Sam Wilson has wings so that's a little confusing. <gasps> gotta be real with you (laughs) okay wait i have one more thing to say about winter soldier before we can probably move on it irks me so much that the hydra logo is an octopus why is it not a hydra Hydra? yes it makes no sense that it's an octopus yes 
Although I think octopi can technically grow back their limbs <laughs> if they cut. Is them octopi off. the actual plural? They're yeah. octopuses. It's octopi. It's octopi. Wait, you didn't know that? No. You want to have some octopi? Oh my god. Wait, that should be your next baking project. Jordan has been baking in his I've spare time. I've been baking time. too much. No, I'm just thinking like oct- octopi. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't know that. I didn't wow. know it was octopi. Wow, a whole new well, like moose is moose. Yeah. Octo- yeah. So octopus, it's octopi. octopus. Hydra should be a hydra. It's absurd that yes. it's an octopus. I think that they... It could be funny because when they were bought by Disney, if they did the hydra from Hercules. Yes. But in this, you know, like that like brand promotion. Synergy. Anyway, it just annoys me because it's an actual That's a valid thing. last thing. My last Winter Soldier thing is that Kobe Smulders should be in more of these. Yeah. Because she's I think great. she's great. She's great. I think if she was, I know they set her up in Avengers, but if she was the neighbor living next door and like Steve and her knew that they were like friends, you know what I mean? And she saw like Nick die, that would be nice. Or maybe this is my last Winter Soldier take, but that someone should have died at the end of either this film or Civil War. Let's, so you had, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that. Because you need tangible stakes. I have some thoughts. Okay. Yeah. So in, we're, we're, out of civil war no we're out of winter soldier we're into a civil war we pick up basically like there are movies in between this but we basically pick up where we last left off that's the thing is that i think that civil war was the first movie that really started tying these things together within the actual story instead of just sort of like easter eggs dropped in or end credit scenes because like for age of ultron they totally get rid of the bucky threads that they all can fight ultron and it's really like more of a tony stark movie yeah Yeah, and then in Civil War, they're kind of like, all right, we're blending these two sort of like different types of movies. We're bringing in the Avengers. We're bringing in Captain America. We're bringing in Iron Man. We're making it all happen. So it really does pick up like right where Winter Soldier left off. Honestly, all the shit with the Sokovia Accords is really not that important. Iron Man thinks that superheroes should have to register because he's guilty over what happened in age of ultron Mm -hmm. and steve rogers in his 40s mentality thinks that you know the right thing is always the path that just people will take which Mm -hmm. you know he's not wrong so he thinks that we never get an answer dumb to have to register yes yeah let's talk about that but also yeah i was gonna say he iron man has this turn though because of one interaction with alfred woodard which i mean like if she was a parent and yelled at me i would understand that but it does feel like a very quick character heel turn because he's always very in the films he's set up as very like i'm on my own you know he's never really been super government tight other than with roadie yeah in the films the thing is civil war was never really going to be that smooth because it's just so big of an idealistic Mm -hmm fight that you really can't set up in other movies because you need the characters to work together i was saying in the beginning of this where you need to establish this over the course of a lot of different films building up their ideological divide yeah totally totally completely agree tony stark does turn on his heel as you just said steve doesn't really make sense if you like pick it apart too much they introduce Black Panther in this movie. They are like in, a lot. they introduce Spider Man. They're in like fifty different countries. We'll talk about Spider Man introductions. One of the single greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Jordan's a big Spider Man stan. Here's the thing: I have a lot of fun with Civil War to a point. Like I really think that a lot of the sequences are enjoyable, and there are beats in it that I'm like, this is a blast. Like I'm having fun. This is moving. This whips. And then you stop and you pause and you think about the overall story. Uh, the plot is very bad 
The set pieces are good. There are some great character moments. Okay, who was more into the airport fight, you or me? No, I like it. It's the airport fight is fun because of Spider Man, but the set piece itself is like a. It's dumb. Yeah. But you know, we were, we loved sort of like when Steve and Bucky are first on the run and they kind of have that fist fight in like the stairwell and then have the little bit of the car chase in the parking garage. It's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is where the movies sort of start to blend into like all concrete. And clouds. Yeah, yeah. Becomes a lot. Becomes a lot. What's really important about this movie is, you know, Steve and Bucky on the run together. Yeah. That's really it. That is what this movie is. It's um, like a hunt for Bucky. Yeah. And, you know, there's sort of this third party, Zemo, who sets Bucky up because his family was killed in Sokovia. And it's kind of like the idea is that he wants to basically turn Bucky back into the Winter Soldier, but that he also wants Iron Man and Captain America to fight each other. To pay for, like, their sins. Which doesn't make any no. sense. I no. I can't think about this movie too much because it, it really infuriates me. It would be fun if, like, you just had the Zemo from the comics where he's just, like, this guy with a freaking pink mask and, like, a sword. Like, just introduce him as, like, this weird third party who's like, I'm gonna battle you. You know what I mean? Or, like, something. But, like, this I, whole plan is just so ridiculous yeah i wish he was more of a wild card because he's yeah. supposed to be this very calculated person but it's just he actually has no bearing on the plot at like all the you can... overthinking of his plot is like him being like this super brain that makes the plot itself like what yeah like you could get to all of the same ends without him in the plot at yes. all yeah seriously sure. you could totally cut him But what we were talking about, the really important thing about this Mm -hmm. movie is that someone should have died at the end of it. Yeah. Let's just get, literally, let's get to the ending. Like, I don't know. They fight, Iron Man gets uh, Spider-Man in one of the greatest sequences ever. We meet Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, uh, one of the greatest actresses of all time. We see Vision cooking and he doesn't know how to taste. We love robots. Amazing sequence. Uh, See, the thing that we realized is that we like basically the opposite characters in this movie. Yes. Like Jordan is. Uh, should we dig into that? Oh my god! Well, like, yes, okay. actually, we should. Why not? We agree on the plot, and we agree on the structure, and we agree like the big picture of Marvel. We're like the exact same. Totally. It's just like characters were like a little different. Jordan likes all of Team Iron Man. One hundred percent. And I like all of Team Cap. Here we are. The line is drawn, yeah. drawn in the sand. Um. So there were like you know basically every alternating scene Jordan would like a scene and I'd be like I don't like this scene and then I would like a scene and Jordan would be like I don't That's like. It's kind this of scene. fun. Um. Who yeah. is your like? Who is your Marvel like big three? Big three. I would say. Oh God, this is such. This is gonna be so. Tumblr I'm, boys. I'm gonna get some hate on this. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. I would say my top three. Are we talking like? original basically phase one are we talking like of all time in the movies how big are we making let's let's go like hone in on like to civil war like we'll do this film and then you can do like say whoever you look after because i know it's like gonna be captain marvel yeah valkyrie man valkyrie's my favorite honing in on just to civil war just to civil war i would say my top three are captain america Mm -hmm. peggy oh yeah and probably black widow Okay. How about you? Iron Man, 100%. We love Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, just defining, uh, specifically Iron Man 3, which is a masterpiece. We'll get to it. Um, we will never get to it. The movie is so straight. 
I'm just trying to think of any way that we could cover Iron Man 3. If we cover a Shane Black movie, we can maybe talk Touch about it Iron peripherally. Man 3. Okay. But Iron Man 3 is a great movie. We'll talk about it. Um, so Iron Man, Vision. I'm just going to be a quiet. I feel like it's just going to be Spider-Man. I think it is yeah. Spider-Man then. Yeah. At the end of the day, Tom Holland is Spider-Man. When reading a comic book, like that's how I envision just his voice, his like mannerisms, like that is the Spider-Man I grew up reading and watching on TV and stuff like that. So like when you got to see him, when Queens came up and then that whole sequence played out, it was this really weird, like fulfilling, like I was like, oh my God, this was me when I was this age reading the comics, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I think this, again, illustrates our backgrounds a lot right. because I never read the comics. I'm going just off of the movie. So like, I love Captain America. Which is so He's bad. a Boy Scout. He's, He's a, nice a nice boy. boy. I love him. You love nice boys. I really love a nice boy. You love um, a nice boy. I guess I'm a bad boy then because I like the bad boys. Yeah, I don't like... I mean, look, I think Robert Downey Jr. is delivering an amazing performance. I like yeah. the character of Iron Man. I think he's a great character, but personally, definitely not for me. Yep. So, Boo, and then... crossing him out. Yep. <laughs> Boo. Um, I love Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. She's like, great. Oh my god. She deserves more. She is doing such good work. The Agent Carter TV show is fabulous. I'm so glad that... I'm sorry, did, was there an Agent Carter TV show? You're so rude. You're so <laughs> rude. And I would just like to mention that characters from the Agent Carter TV show recently popped up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was really excited. There's an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show? <laughs> You're so rude. They brought Coulson back, I man. Know, I, okay. know, I know, I know. It's just that it, no one watches... <laughs> Hey, look, it has its fans. Agent Carter is available on Hulu right now. Right now. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? It's, it's the sound of nobody of no listening. <laughs> Everyone should watch it. It's actually really good. She's a bad bitch. No, she is. I, I, Haley Abel is giving us all She's a really good yeah. actress. Um, I wish she did more. She's going to be in the next Mission Impossibles, which I'm really Very stoked about. about. Yes. And she's voicing Peggy Carter in the What If animated TV cool. show, which the first episode is going to be What If. Peggy was Captain America. See, what if Peggy was the Winter Soldier? Yeah, what if they just made Captain America and the Winter Soldier be in love? Who is my third? Oh, Black Widow. I mean, look, yeah. she is the fine. only recurring female character who does anything of import. Right, until we get, you know, down the line. But yeah. yeah, until we get down the line. And so then, basically like, now, until like, we get to Scarlet Witch. Right. Which also, Scarlet Witch is a great character. Her and the Vision, or Vision has a comic series where he basically, like, makes a family yeah that's one division right that's basically what wanda well it's like him and a robot wife but it's basically after the trauma of him and wanda oh. so they're gonna i feel like they're gonna weave the two together but it's maybe the greatest comic i've ever read like left me in tears yeah um but yeah i hope they do that i don't know how did we get there oh yeah wanda but wanda's great and like wanda gets some playtime in this and like her character increasingly gets better throughout these films and as, gets more american yeah, as she loses her accent her <laughs> yep. performance gets better <laughs> yep totally um i you know she has her fans i was never like a huge fan of her but mm -hmm. i mean i don't dislike her look we're totally we're so off, topic. off topic so the reason that we wanted to hone in on some of like the plot points that we like about civil war is that we want to get to the end where we think that someone yes. should have died so i think that you agree with this but i think like maybe they honestly could have saved the steve bucky plot thread because basically as it stands if you just read it as their bros mm -hmm. he was his first friend 
this movie is so frustrating. Sure. If you read it that they're lovers, this movie becomes a lot more compelling. Love story. But yeah. I think they could have had their cake and eaten it too if they killed Bucky off at the end of this movie and yes. then actually let Captain America and Iron Man properly yes. battle it out instead yes. of like them just fighting for 20 and seconds. Then, then there's a proper resolution to their ideological debate. You have the end if you want the two of them split off where they don't become friends and then you need them to actually have some solid coming to terms with each other before like all the infinity war stuff happens so then when they do reach out it is this really reconciling with like their past trauma yeah and i think it would bring cap way more to the edge because you kind of already have brought tony to the edge in iron man 3 like you said right. he's in been to the this edge movie, like 10 times he, it's him reckoning with the idea that he's created things that like have worked against him and he hates it but Cap never really gets there. So yeah. I think that basically like Bucky dying to further Steve's plot line would work really well because let's be honest, he doesn't do anything in Infinity right. War or Endgame. In, yeah. You and literally don't need him. Because in the comics, he becomes Captain America. So it's like, is he going to be Captain America? But then it ends up going to the Falcon anyways. Yeah. So it's like, why not just kill him off and let Falcon be Captain America and like have him battle his own demons and his own storyline there totally and like it wasn't even a huge gasp running through the audience when sam took up the shield no. instead of bucky like it really wasn't a big deal like i don't think that it would have negatively affected the movie if we kind of had guessed that for a couple right. movies anyway and it makes it a little fresh too like if totally. they just killed him off there like they just needed to have a tangible stake Yes. And at the end of the day, like that makes the film stronger when there is that feeling. Yeah, I remember being so sort of like excited, scared going into Civil War because I was like, oh my God, someone's going to die and I don't know totally. if I can handle it. Like I'm going to be so emotional. You know, the fun thing when you go into a movie and you're like, I can't wait for this to ruin my life. Yeah, like I want to cry. Yeah. Make me feel. And then guess what? Nobody fucking died and nothing happens in this movie. Yeah. It's a bit of a... A lot happens. I don't like this A movie. lot happens and then not a lot happens. Yeah, a lot I, happens but you nothing really is dislike it. I like don't hate it. I have more fun with it. I think just because I'm willing to let myself be like, what plot? And then just be like, so is Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. So would you say of the two? Of the two, Winter Soldier's better. Oh, that's which one you prefer? Yeah. I wow. Think. I think rewatching, Yes. But if we're taking it on a basis of fun, I have more fun with Civil War, but Winter Soldier is a better film. I got you. Yeah. How about you? Um, same. I like Winter Soldier better. There was, you know, for a period of time, I was like, Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel movie. I don't think that is what the case. What is your ranking? Should we talk about maybe like top five? Yeah. Because I don't want to give you all give me your top 23 five. movies. Okay. My top five Marvel movies are sitting at number one, Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. Listen, that movie is fabulous. Totally. I go to I'm these movies to be entertained. That is what I'm there for. I don't care if it's the fluffiest thing in the world, as long as I am sitting in my You're seat, having a, having a good time. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, you want your popcorn. Yeah. And that's what I Ragnarok love that. is. I love that. That's why superhero movies are fun. Yeah. Also, Tessa Thompson, legit sexual awakening. We'll talk about it if we talk about Thor Ragnarok. My sexual queen. I literally have a great story about it. Um, number two, Captain America, the first Avenger. Wow. I love period pieces. I love Haley Atwell. Whoa. I think it's great. I need to rewatch that film. It's really good. I, I'll rewatch that film for you. The, the early films, I think I've come to appreciate a lot more because they're so small and contained and it actually feels like they have a storyline, which is about the characters and not just about spectacle. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate that that is 
my tape, yeah, but no, it I, is. I, I, but the first Avenger also has a character named Dumb Dumb Dugan, who is a great a comic book character. So, like, if you have a character, look, Dumb Dumb Dugan might be the greatest name ever. My firstborn son. Yes. God, I love that movie. Anyways, yes, keep going. So you're, that's number your That's two. two. Yeah. Number three, Avengers. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. It's just fabulous. Of course. Um, I also really appreciate how much Black Widow gets to do in that movie. I feel like after that... Good playtime for everybody. They really give her sort of a short trip. But in that one, she's the one that saves the day. And I appreciate that. Number four, Black Panther. Mm -hmm. I mean, a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, Please. Oscar nominee. You love to see it. Oscar winner. Yeah. Yeah. A winner. Oh, so Like Suicide Squad. Don't. Keep going, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> uh, number five, Avengers Endgame. Okay. Number six, Winter Soldier. Number seven, Iron Man 3. Number eight, Captain Marvel. Okay, I'm done. Can we just go to ten? You're uh, at eight. Nine is Infinity War, but honestly, I might put it lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and ten is Guardians Volume 2. All right, there it is. Okay. How about you? I'm looking at mine, and I just rearranged while we were talking. <laughs> number one, I have endgame and i think it is because it i it hit me in a way that was really nice and fresh whether it was the timing i just feel like it was such a culmination of what i wanted these films to be and so i'm so nervous going forward from here just because i'm like this is what i wanted everything to build to yes Uh, i think that i really hope that they like really reset the universe in a way that they really let the events of that giant phase one and yes. two just stay Linger. done. Yeah. I really want to like go back to the basics. I really don't want to see Tony alive again. I know. Number two, Iron Man. For some reason, even though it plays by the book for so many things, it's just a blast for me. Number three, I have Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. I might switch that with the Avengers, but consider Iron Man 3 and the Avengers tied for me. I think Iron Man 3 is great, and I think what they do with the Mandarin is really smart. So Agreed. that way you don't have a racist caricature. And it's really fun, and Ben Kinsley is clearly just yeah, having a everyone blast. Everyone is giving a great performance in that. It's so, it's such, that's like, I think, a definitely like an auteur Marvel movie, if yes. you want to use that term. Do you it's think so Shane Blackie. remembers that she was in that film? Yes. Good. Okay, so then it's Iron Man 3, Avengers, and then Ragnarok at number 5. Got you. So that's my 5. You gotta go to 10. I know. Number 6. Spider-Man Homecoming, number seven, Black Panther, number eight, I'm looking at my list now, I think I'm going to move Guardians to eight. One? Guardians one to eight, number nine, I'm going to go Winter Soldier, and number ten, I'm going to say far from home just because of jake joan hall are you kidding me i literally i don't know i love far from home i love jake joan hall so much but i hated far from home i actually think that movie is i think really bad i'm gonna be completely genuine you do i really do think that first avenger on rewatch will probably fill that number 10 spot oh hell yeah because i have it it. i have it like two under it but like having just this is the list pre-rewatching civil war i have civil war too high yeah so civil war is going to go down infinity war is going to go down and first avenger is going to move up is my my move i think that's a great decision i think too i think so first avenger is really good to to bring us on to queer topics yeah for rounding it out where do you feel this lands on like the queer quadrant your fifth quadrant what do you think I think, as I have mentioned throughout this episode, there is a very straight textual reading of this, totally. and then there is a 
very queer subtextual yes. rating. So for that, I'm going to give Winter Soldier two and a half and Civil War three and a half in the stars mm-hmm. each out of five in the queer ratings, respectively. I yes. think for my personal ratings, Winter Soldier is like a four and Civil War is like a three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Civil War is definitely more queer if you want to just like look at it because Bucky and Steve have so much more screen time together and it really is about like them against the rest of the world. Um, but I mean, let's be honest, neither of them really set out to be super queer. I think it was sort of like accidental gayness. I think it is the community of queer people wanting to also see queer representation within this universe. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like when you are an oppressed minority, you want to find outlets for you to be seen and like you want to see yourself in media. And so like with this, like you're looking for ways to, you know, be represented. And like when you see a relationship like this, which is clearly could be changed into a queer relationship you want to get into that like that makes sense 100 percent. where do you rate them um on I, the queer quadrant. on the queer quadrant i would think like a two for winter soldier and then like definitely like a three and a half to a three for civil war like i think they're pick one three and a half okay i think it or three i'm just gonna go three i think it's like a two and a half and a three i think it is like a lot of the subtext and it is like your own personal experience, like exonerating from it. Um, I wish it was more, but I think it is just like so much subtext. Uh, and then for overall, I think like a three and a three and a half. Yeah. Reverse, like Winter Soldier three and a half, three for Civil War. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there is a lot of actual queer creators behind the scenes mm-hmm. thinking about how they can sort of like, slip this in i honestly think it was really accidental i think so too um but you know that is just how the cookie crumbles it is what it is um would you like to guess the average letterbox ratings let's do it yes okay first up winter soldier i'm gonna go i've been under guessing so i'm gonna oversell it's gonna be either a 4.1 or a 4 i'm gonna go with a 4 is that your final answer yeah it's a 3.8 no (laughs) okay how about Civil War? Three six. Yeah. Really? You got it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I flew out the mic. Oh, finally! Oh my god, it feels so good to get one. That's so exciting. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I knew it was a step down from like I knew that Winter Soldier was going to be higher. Yeah. Okay. What are your final thoughts on this? Um. Look, I as I pitched at the beginning of this episode, I truly do think that giving whoever is playing. The Winter Soldier and Captain America, a more intimate, special relationship that transcends all of the other regular friendships. That's really what it is at the core. Because mm-hmm. there's a line at the end where uh, Steve is like, he's my friend. And Tony is like, so was I. And it doesn't make any sense. Um, so I think that there needs to be the distinction that they are truly more than friends. It has yeah. to be a greater than He was my lover. Relationship, yeah. And so was I. And so was I. Dun, dun, dun. Believe me, there's plenty of stony fan fiction out there. Oh, I'm very sure. (laughs) So yeah, I guess like that is where I am at the end of the day is that they just are too afraid of, uh, you know, the gay agenda Mm -hmm. to make this film compelling. There it is. Yeah. How about you? What are your final thoughts? I mean, I pretty much agree with 
I think you laid down the concrete work. I think that this film, at the end of the day, would be stronger with a relationship yeah. to the core. Most films would be. Most films would be better if people were, like, in love and smooching. Yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, the point of a film is that friendship is stronger than romantic love, mm -hmm. but friendship is stronger than other friendship right. just doesn't like, really track. I'm all here for platonic relationships between men and women in films. Like I would love if there wasn't a ham-fisted relationship because mm -hmm. we are exhausted with those. Yeah. So if it was like a queer relationship that was ham-fisted, I would be even a little more excited, yeah. you know? But just at the end of the day, like if you are going to have a normal friendship, have the normal friendship, don't force a relationship. But if there is clearly a world in which a relationship would benefit the film as a whole, do that. Yeah, it's about following the thread and looking at like what really sets these people apart from everyone else yeah. that they're fighting. And at the end of the day, WandaVision is all I'm looking forward to next. Great. I'm excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's going to be fun. And I think they're going to give Zemo a cape. So If Zemo gets a cape and a sword, I will be happy. I hope so. We can only hope. I mean, a sword and a cape makes everything better oh yeah like any character with a sword on the cape is 10 times better like marriage story adam driver with a sword on a cape called divorce sure he'd just be kylo oh my god <laughs> my father <laughs> anyways all right so if you wanted more of jordan's boiling hot marriage story takes um you can follow us on twitter at jordan h gus and at Brooke B. Solomon for me. Both of us at the Queer Quadrant. Just Queer Quadrant. Just Queer Quadrant. No, no the, the. Cut the. Drop the. the. It's, it's cleaner. cleaner. Oh! Uh, for more terrible quotes, you can follow us at Queer Quadrant on Twitter. Um, Subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else. Leave a review. Rate us. Five stars it. only. Yeah. Um, I think I said that everyone's entitled to their opinion last episode, but, but now I've it's just changed five stars it. Only, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. I've decided to really double down. You've, you've put the fake metallic arm to the ground. Sure. God. Why? Tweet at us. Let us know what you'd like to cover next. So next week, what are we covering? Hercules. Hercules. Hun, you mean Hercules? We are going to get into animated Himbo culture. Yes. Oh. <laughs> animated movie territory um it's gonna be really fun and i'm excited yeah, no, i'm really i'm thrilled for hercules actually yeah me too it's it'll be, be fun um so tune in thank you for listening see you next week and remember get all of your information on tumblr <laughs> <laughs>